This episode is presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. For tickets for an upcoming game or concert, visit TicketKingOnline.com or a quick link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. TicketKingOnline.com, 612-341-4141. This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. It is Scoop Podcast episode 81. We'll give some love to Vine Park Brewery, get to a lot, but Glenn Taylor, nice enough to join us. So let's get right to the owner of the Wolves. New arena, I mean, pretty much new arena. I mean, all sorts of renovations, new logo, new jerseys, new era after last night. How happy are you, Glenn? Well, I'm excited about the future. I mean, we uh, have been working towards this for quite a while. You know, our plans on the, the arena have been in place for a number of years, and finally to get it done this year will be great. And and then just uh, the thought of that we've been uh, recruiting and building these young guys, you know, for the future uh, has been part of that. And then to have an opportunity like as of last night to bring in a, you know, top 15 player in the league, an all-star uh, player is, you know, doesn't happen very often. So we are fortunate to take advantage of that opportunity. How well do you know Jimmy? I mean, you're right. I mean, I would even argue top 10 two-way player, three-time All-Star, Olympian, still in the prime of his career, 27 years old. I mean, this is an incredible move for you guys. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I know Jimmy. Um, I know about him and, of course, the coach, uh, has shared with me his experience with him, and you know, uh, while he was in Chicago, uh, you know, I did have the opportunity to talk to him late yesterday afternoon. He was very excited about the opportunity to come to Minnesota. Talking to your limited partners, other people at the Wolves, maybe even interacting with fans so far, do you feel yeah. like that a lot of the fan base, a lot of your employees, your partners are re-energized by a move like this, acquiring a three-time All-Star? Uh, based upon the emails and the phone calls I got <laughs> last night and today, I would say yes. I mean, it's just, it's one of those moves that we've we've heard for a while, but I wasn't convinced Chicago would ultimately move him. When did you guys figure out, okay, Chicago in the end is willing to rebuild that they would move Jimmy Butler? Well, uh, I would say that if you want to go back a couple of weeks ago, uh, we knew that they were open to discussing it. They, I, I think they contacted us, but some other teams also. So we knew that maybe they were open to it. But uh, we didn't get the deal done until last night, or, you know, I mean, late yesterday afternoon. So um, until, you know, I've been in enough of these uh, negotiations, until you get the deal done, it's uh, there's always opportunities for it to fall apart. So even though we... Uh, talked to them in just in general terms but uh, didn't agree on the players and everything uh, until last night I mean we we didn't want to lose our draft choice uh, we really thought as it turned out that moving down a number of notches didn't really hurt us that much we still got a, a young guy with lots of potential would you guys have still done the deal Glenn if Chicago said okay we need to keep pick 16 we'll give you Jimmy Butler but we need Chris Zach and pick seven, would you guys have still done the deal, or no, we, did we, you have to we, get 16? No, they, that was part of the discussion, and we told them that was would break the deal. I mean, so 16 was was a big deal. I mean, to me, to get the 16th pick in what Scott Layden calls 
what could be a, a historic draft. I mean, I think it's a very good draft. I don't know a ton about Patton, but to be able to get a pick just moving down nine slots, that to me was a big win in this trade for you guys. Yes, uh, it was important for us. I mean, we we might have taken the same player that uh, Chicago took, asked us to take. I mean, it would have been a big guy. The, the guy that they took uh, is perhaps a little further along, you know, than the, than the than the guy that we have. But I think overall potential, we think that we got a guy with uh, equally or more potential. Um, we just have to be patient. But, you know, we've had a lot of young guys in the past. And and uh, I think, you know, the coach is confident that he can uh, challenge this guy. And, and we need, and we need a, a big guy. Was it a cordial negotiation? I mean, obviously we know the history with, with Tom being fired in Chicago, but were the Bulls all about just making the best trade possible? Yeah, and it was it a cordial was, negotiation? It was, it was strictly business. It was nothing uh, different about it. How do you see Jimmy fitting in? I mean, do you feel like him and Andrew Wiggins can absolutely coexist? I do. I think uh, I think the important part here is is uh, uh, you know Jimmy probably's way ahead on defense, and we can play him at two or three and switch Wiggins depending on the opponent. I don't think it'll make much difference what position those two guys will play. Place. I think it'll give you know the other team a challenge. The same thing. They'll have to pick who they think they want to stop, and, uh, and either of those guys have great ability to score. I mean, I imagine that Jimmy should be an incredible influence on Andrew. Well, I think that's, the, if you would uh, speak to the coach, I think the coach uh, who knows him uh, closely thinks that's another real positive, that uh, we're bringing a guy that has a, he defined it as a kind of the, the uh, what Kevin uh, KG brought to our team, you know, really seriousness, hard work, uh, practices that, that that are all business, uh, winning is everything, you know, type of an attitude. He, he compared it, uh, the two of them, as he has coached both of them. And he said that's kind of similar, and and uh, Jimmy should be able to, uh, you know, just help our team as it uh, as it grows in experience. If you guys had stayed at pick seven, Markinen was your guy? Excuse me? If you guys had stayed at pick seven, don't make a trade, Laurie Markinen was your guy? I I think so. I mean, I think that uh, I'm not sure that we wouldn't have done the same. I mean, uh, according to our list, that we wouldn't have picked the same guy that they picked. But uh, um, So I think I think that would be accurate. I mean, you can make a case it is a good deal for Chicago because, I mean, I'm biased, but I think the world of Zach Levine, I know how hard he works, even coming off the ACL. I think Zach Levine still has a ways to go. He will grow as a player. Chris Dunn, rookie year. I mean, it's tough. There's always an adjustment even when you're an older rookie. So I think Chris Dunn will get better. Then they get the guy that you guys liked, Laurie Markkinen. You can make a case this is a good deal for Chicago, too. I Well, I think so, too. I think <laughs> I really – you know, when you looked at it, I, I hate to give up any of those guys. You know, you always the draft choice you always feel has potential, so you you want to keep that. Zach, you know, I'm just close to him, and and I just agree with you that he's got tremendous potential. And uh, and and Chris um, didn't have the year that we would have hoped he would have had last year, but he's been working really hard this summer you know, to make up for that, and, and our expectations would have been pretty high this year. So I think, you know, for them to build a team around, they got three really good guys to um, 
uh, young guys to help them, you know, get that started. So it probably was good for both teams. Was Zach Levine the key to this trade? Like if you guys were trying to put somebody else in a Rubio or somebody that Chicago would have said no, that they had to get Zach Levine? They wanted Zach, yes. Did they ask for Andrew Wiggins? <laughs> we told him uh, Andrew was not part of the was not going to be part of the, the deal. I mean, that's the beauty, Glenn. When you think about it, you did not have to break up. You know, you did not have to move one of your two best assets, your two best players, and you get this top ten two way guy. I mean, that's why it looks like a home run for you guys. Well, let's hope so. We're gonna. My expectation of the team and the coaches that uh, that we make a substantial you know jump next year but you know uh the other part Doogie, i don't know that we're done yet i mean we we've got to get some other players on this team and hopefully that uh if there's some free agents out there that they will look at our team like like some of the other teams and say you know these guys have a chance to do very well i'd like to go you know be on a, a team that's going to be a winner and hopefully we can track the, the right guys at the right price to round this off so that uh, that uh, we have guys that come off the bench who can shoot or play defense, which is, you know, a, a needed skill set that uh, we lacked in the past. Do you guys still have pretty good cap space? Is it like $19 million the plan is to be uber-aggressive on July 1st? Yeah, that's what I, I think. It's I think it's between 15 and 20, I think, yeah. And you guys will be aggressive. I mean, the plan is to use up all that cap space come July first. Well, I, I think we'll be aggressive. I don't know that uh, the goal is just to spend so much money. I think it's the players that are available, and and uh, you know, I don't know that we would do a trade, but a, a trade would change things. But at this point, I think we just need some other um, really good uh, team members that that fit in. You know, to uh, when our other players are not playing or if one of our players get hurt. Is Ricky Rubio for sure here? I mean, speaking of fitting in, I mean, you know, I mean, you look at his skill set, I'm biased, but I'm a big Ricky Rubio fan. I'm a Ricky Rubio apologist, Glenn. I mean, I feel like with his defense, his passing ability, his work ethic, you know, everything he brings to the table, I would keep Ricky Rubio. I think Ricky would be a good fit with Wiggins and Butler. You would have some shooting concerns, so maybe you'd want somebody at the four or in free agency that can help when it comes to shooting a Redick or a Kyle Korver that can come off the bench. But, but to me, I'd like for you guys to keep Ricky Rubio. Well, I, 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 I haven't talked to Ricky, but I would think that he would look at this and say that this is uh, good for him because, I mean, he has made some comments that he wants to win also. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that there's going to be a better chance for him to win than with this team. You know, I think the other teams that are really established – have their point guards already. So, uh, you know, that I don't know where else he would go and have as great an opportunity as here. And and um, and uh, if he could just uh, keep improving his shooting like he did in the last half of last year, yes. I mean, that's, that's everything. I mean, he can do everything else. It's just that uh, the guys haven't been on him on pick and rolls and stuff like that because they, they're... Uh, not confident that he can hit the shot. Tom and Scott are on board with with keeping Ricky. That Tom looks at Ricky and says, "Okay, that guy can be my point guard." Yeah, no, they they uh, they have liked Ricky. I mean, they didn't know him until they got here, and they have liked Ricky and 
like what he does, and, and if they would say anything about him, I think they'd say the same thing you and I would say. He's got, he's got to uh, bring his shooting percent up there. I mean, he, he shows he can do it on the free throws, you know, so he's got that touch. Um, but some of the other ones, he's just uh, been, uh, you know, his percents have been uh, something that needs to be brought up. Now he's playing with his national team this year. We Hopefully that'll keep him active out there practicing, and then he'll come in in good shape and ready to roll. How is how is Nemanja Bjelica doing, speaking of national team? I mean, I think we, Serbia wants him, but coming off the injury, he can't play for Serbia, can no, he? No, no. I, I don't think he'd be playing for that because of his injury. But my understanding is that he's coming along um, on schedule or ahead of schedule. I mean, everything we've heard has been good, just like Zach. Zach has, appears to be coming out of his injury very good, too. Have you heard much about the guy that you guys have the rights to that plays in Spain, Valencia, Spain, Bojan? I don't know how you say his last name. You well, I, I, asked, uh, I asked that question because, uh, I, again, I don't have any contact. I told that uh, he's doing well, but uh, it's not something that we're going to um, uh, deal with this year, that uh, he'll get a good offer over there and he'll keep playing there, and that he's just a future prospect. Not a bad future prospect to have, though. I mean, I'm no. with you. I don't know a ton, but I just saw he won, like, MVP of the Spanish League. That's right, pretty right, good. Right. So that's I was wondering if we were ready to bring him in. They, they thought that he'd get a good salary over there just because of that, and, and we should just leave him over there for a while. So I don't anticipate seeing him this year because I've asked a bad question, and, and they said probably not. Do you anticipate keeping Shabazz Muhammad? I think that uh, it would be a little bit out of our control, but uh, there's no reason that we wouldn't want him back. I mean, if, if uh, I think it just depends on this free agency thing and what somebody else offers him. If, if we can get him in at a, a decent uh, price, uh, I don't know why we'd go out and get somebody else, you know, because we know him. Uh, we, we know, um, a lot, you know, what he can do, and uh, especially if he if he works on improving himself. So, um, you know, we we'll just have to see. But I think it's just going to depend on if he gets an offer from somebody else, and if we think it's reasonable, and then you look at the alternatives out there at that position. But we'll, we're going to need somebody like that at that position, you know, to back up our guys. So, sure. And I suppose you could spend elsewhere and then go over the cap or right to the cap to match any restricted offer that, that Shabazz yeah, gets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, I, it, uh, you know, I just uh, think that we'll have a better idea in a couple of weeks because we'll start seeing what other guys are offered, and and uh, we'll see if he gets an offer. But of course, you know, we're going to – we'll put him under our, our rookie offer, so. Is, is it a mad scramble to get Jimmy back from Paris? No. <laughs> no, he's over there doing whatever he's doing. When he comes back, he's excited about getting here, but he's not a, he's got a previous uh, commitments. But, like, late next week, I mean, can you imagine? That will be one heck of a celebration when you guys introduce him. Is the plan, like, next, what, Thursday or Friday to introduce him? Uh, I, I know they have a date. I'm not sure what it is, but they, they already talked about a date. It's the same thing for the rookie. Uh, they're going to bring him in, but I don't think we're, you know, we're bringing him today. I think we're telling him the go home, pack his clothes, 
and come here because he's not going back. <laughs> now, you realize Jimmy probably needs to find a new number, right? He can't well, wear 21, right? Well, we'll see on that. <laughs> right. You, well, I mean, I guess you could let him wear 21 if, if he really wants it. I don't know if he'd want it, right? Yeah, I don't know if he would either, but, but I know what you mean. It isn't something I've dealt with, but we'll we'll have to deal with it. Do you guys Will you guys pursue a backup point guard in free agency, or do you feel like Tyus Jones showed you guys enough to garner more and more minutes? No, I think they'll look for, I think they'll look for um, another guy. You know, I mean, if the guy's going to be a backup to Ricky or Howie, he fits in there. If it's Tyus, Tyus has certainly worked hard and, and things like that. But I think they would be a little scared if Ricky went down and Tyus just got thrown in there. You know, so I think they'll look for somebody that has some experience. But at this point, we don't. I mean, there's a list of a whole ten names out there, so we haven't even geared in uh, to that. We'll we'll do that this week. When will we see the new jerseys? A lot of fans keep asking me. I want to see the new jerseys. I want to see the new jerseys. Are those coming soon, or is it like you're late asking July? the wrong guy? Yeah, I mean, ask Ethan that. Yeah. Are you happy with the new logo, though? I mean, yeah, sure. so far, a lot of good feedback on the new logo. Sure, I, I'm happy with it, but I'm, it's not one of my it's not one of my things that I concentrate in. How many logos did they run by you where you said no, or did they just bring that one to you and you said, yeah, okay, no, no, thumbs no, up? No, when they brought it to me, they had four. Okay, and that was the one that you liked the best? I forget, but I give my opinion on the four. <laughs> well, I mean, your opinion carries more weight than others, Well, Glenn. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> are you excited about the link start? I am. I am. The gals are doing great. I mean, heck, I wish we could just fast forward to the playoffs, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I hate to use the word boredom, but, I mean, they know they can win. Like, they lose the other night, but they know they can win and get to the playoffs. Like, they're just probably amped up for the playoffs at this point. Well, they've got to, they've got to, you know, they shouldn't have lost the other night. I mean, they they are the better team. There's no question about it. And you, they played at the beginning some, they played fairly poorly. But, you know, when they got down to the end, they just turned it on and they won. But I hate that. I just, uh, they, like everybody, they need to play defense. The other night they went out and scored a lot of points, but they let another team uh, score a lot of easy points. So I, it's just important that you keep that discipline because when you get the playoffs, uh, they may think they can turn it on, but uh, you, you've seen a lot of teams that struggle once once they uh, fall back to bad habits. Speaking of playoffs, I'll leave you with this. Can we finally, like, legitimately talk playoffs with the Wolves? Like, it's been so long, Glenn. I remember the energy in town, the block parties. During the run, when you guys beat Sacramento in seven, yep. you go to the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers in 04. It's been too long. It's time to get back to the playoffs. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, that, that would be fun. I mean, you know this. It, it can be very much a basketball town where, like, everybody is all in. I mean, in many ways, yep. it's, it's a bandwagon town. But when you guys are rolling, the excitement, the energy level, the passion from the fans, even casual fans for you guys, is off the charts. Well, let's hope that this is the year to begin a long run of that. But you feel like you still need to add to the roster. Like this roster right now, even with Jimmy, isn't quite playoff worthy or ready. I do. I I, I think you just need – I think you just need – 
you can't give up those lapses of five minutes where you let the other team outscores you. Your guys coming in off the bench, you got to, you got to feel that they can beat the other guys, five guys coming off the bench. And, and the, the minimum would be that you got to hold them even. I'm with you, Glenn. Glenn, have a tremendous weekend. I'm sure you're going to hear from a lot of people. A lot of people are excited about Jimmy Butler being here. Thank you, Doogie. Was texting with longtime Wolves employee Jeff Munichy. He said the phones are ringing. He's been aggressive in trying to get back some old season ticket holders. There's definitely a buzz this weekend with Jimmy Butler coming to the Wolves. Look for the Jimmy Butler introductory news conference to take place, I am told, late next week. Glenn Taylor didn't have a specific day. It will be late next week. Quick love before we get to Brian Windhorst of ESPN. Quick love for the sponsor of the Scoop Podcast, Vine Park Brewery. Online, vinepark.com, right off of West 7th Street in St. Paul. On Twitter, at Vine underscore park underscore brew. At Vine underscore park underscore brew. Vine Park is the only brewery in the Midwest where you can brew your own beer and get this, make your own wine on Vine Park's equipment. With Vine Park's help, Vine Park has been the fun place to brew your own beer and make your own wines since 1995. You can brew your own beer or wine. You take it home in 22-ounce bottles. It's perfect for gifts, perfect for sharing. They have custom labels. It's perfect for parties, corporate events, you name it. Whether it's pale ales, IPAs, brown ales, porters, stouts, lagers, pilsners, box, wheats, they have the right recipe for you again online vinepark.com the phone number 651-228-1355 vine park brewery the sponsor of the scoop podcast all right let's get to brian winhorst of espn national nba guy has all sorts of good tidbits and here's a lot of different things so i wanted to get a national perspective on the jimmy butler trade here's brian brian thanks for your time i'm just grateful we have a phone connection take us through this phone fiasco that i heard about yesterday well you got to be careful what buttons you push when you try to hit later or update now i mean just a disaster (laughs) just an absolute disaster right it was actually about 10 minutes after the wolves executed the trade so i was able to get all those details but it was it was not the best time for a phone update in the history of phone updates, I'll tell you that. No, I mean, all joking aside, I mean, in your position, I have to imagine there had to be a number of people that you were in contact with. You had to have missed how many different text messages? I missed 19 texts, but none, nothing that was like vital breaking news that would have made a big difference. Um, I don't really care about finding out about draft picks 15 seconds before they happen, so um, I'm not chasing that. I was more interested in chasing trades, and there was only two trades in the first round last night. Um, and so it wasn't even that all that busy of a draft night, but it still at the time was a little stressful. You know what, on that, did you expect more trade activity last night? Not really. I mean, one of the things that you see every year, you see a lot of trade, you see a lot of uh, chatter leading up to the draft, and then a lot of times there's not a lot of movement once the draft starts, especially in the top, in the lottery. And which really, the lottery is where things really are changing. I mean, obviously you see big moves, big players come out after who come out, who are drafted after the lottery. But on the night of the lottery, people care really about those top 10, 12 picks. And that's what we're really focusing on. Um, you know, I, I even forgot that Philly made the deal um, to move uh, to move their picks. So there's actually three first-round picks, but I even forgot about that because only two involved lottery picks. All right, well, one of the trades that took place last night, as you can imagine, has created quite a stir here in the Twin Cities with a three-time All-Star 
You know, I mean, you think about Jimmy Butler, I mean, even the casual fan, like this morning, I'm grabbing my garbage can at the end of my driveway. My neighbor shouts from across the street, you know, he's saying, hey, what do you think of Jimmy? How great is this? I've never once talked about the Wolves with my neighbor. We talk Vikings. We talk Twins. We talk some national sports topics, but never once has has he asked me about the Wolves. Yet, as you can imagine, even the casual fan is 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 excited by this move. Well, this is a pretty rare talent on the move. First off, he plays both ends of the court. Secondly, he has, um, uh, you know, he has he's a clutch player. He's exactly the type of player that the Wolves need because he delivers in the clutch. I mean, that is incredibly important to the way the Wolves need to to, 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 to accomplish things to step forward. And he plays the two-guard position, which right now is the most um, in-demand position in the NBA. So to be able to get a guy like that, um, so exceedingly rare. Not only that, he's on a reasonable contract. Mm-hmm. So that means that it's going to save some money, um, uh, you know, in, in, as the Wolves go into free agency this summer. The cocktail of situations there that uh, played itself out made it an incredibly impactful trade. And um, I've learned to be careful on the Wolves. I overshot on them last year, so I'm going to learn and keep my, <laughs> keep my expectations a little bit lower. But obviously it was the type of, uh, of trade that can potentially uh, alter uh, you know, how a franchise goes. And certainly... Uh, there's reason to be there's reason to be excited if you're a Wolves fan today. Was there any Jimmy Butler trade that Chicago could have made where they could have looked at it and said, or at least fans, media would have said, okay, Chicago got close to equal value, or they won the trade? Was it even possible? Because I mean, they're getting ripped a ton, but I'm not quite sure there was any trade for them to make where anybody would have said, okay, Chicago won that trade. I think had they been able to get Boston's number three pick, it would have been better. I mean, um, the seventh, the seventh pick is good. Um, but, you know, because Boston's such a difficult team to trade with, had they been able to sort of break through and get that, it may have been looked at a little bit differently. Um, also, you know, Boston's players, if they could trade, were a little bit more established. You know, Zach Levine and, and Chris Dunn are still developing players. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different of a situation. Um, but I still think the Wolves gave up a lot here. Um, I agree. The concept that the, the concept that the Bulls got him, for, you know, got him, get, didn't get anything is not accurate. The Wolves gave up um, three pretty good players. I mean, I know that Zach wasn't taken in the top ten, but he certainly is a top ten type talent. Um, so I would almost argue that it's almost like the equivalent of three first round picks. What I didn't understand was why and how the Wolves got the 16th pick. Um, I mean, if I were the Bulls, I would have probably said. All right, you can have the 38th pick. You cannot have the uh, the 16th pick. I I still can't figure out how they pulled that off, and that to me really is a head scratcher. The Bulls announced they're going to rebuild, and then they do a deal that <laughs> ends up giving away a good a good first round pick, and then they end up later selling that second round pick. So I don't you know the Wolves fans don't care about this, but those two aspects of it made me scratch my head for the Bulls. Well, I'm with you on them selling 38. That makes no sense to me. On 16, Glenn Taylor, the Wolves owner, was on earlier in this podcast. Take it for what it's worth, because I get it. Journalism 101, why is this person lying to me? But I've known Glenn long enough. If anything, he's almost too honest, honest to a fault. He said the Wolves, Brian, would not have done the deal 
if they did not also get pick 16. So in the end, if Chicago had said, hey, Minnesota, Jimmy is yours. You guys want him so badly, he's yours. We're keeping pick 16. Glenn Taylor told me, Brian, the Wolves would not have done the deal. I would have called their bluff on that. I think I would have too. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, Um, the love for Jimmy here is off the charts, right? I still think the Wolves would have done the deal. Even though Glenn tells me no, I think they would have. I really do. Yeah, well, I mean, I can certainly say that. I can certainly understand why they would take that approach and why they would say that. And, I, you know, maybe even hang up the phone and say, nice talking to you. Good luck. I, I get all of that, but I don't buy it. Did Phoenix and Denver make serious runs at Jimmy? I think the there was a number of offers for Jimmy Butler, but I think the clear team, the, the team that was willing to give up a top 10 pick was the was the Wolves. Other than that, I don't think they were able to. No, no, you know, Cleveland Cleveland tried to see what they could get for Kevin Love. They tried to engage some teams that had um, picks in the, in the lottery and so that they could use Kevin Love to acquire something that would get uh, the, the, the uh, Bulls interested. They weren't able to do it. So I really think that the only team in the top 10 that was willing to offer that type of package, I, I firmly believe it was the best package being offered. The Wolves have a bunch of cap space still. I mean, they took a little bit of a hit, but they're still like in that 15 to $20 million range. They can create more space. Do you expect them to be active on the free agent front? Yeah, they've got to get shooting. Um, anybody who can hit a shot, if I'm them, I'm calling. Um, that's the type of player that they need. They still are a little short in that area. Um, you know, the, the, the free agent point guard market has gotten interesting. Over the last week, four teams um, with free agent point guard uh, aspirations came off the board. Brooklyn traded for D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. Philly drafted Markel Fultz. Uh, Sacramento drafted two point guards. And uh, Dallas drafted Dennis Smith. So I kind of think that there's a possibility that opens up that they may be able to get a shooting point guard. So then you could say, well, what about Rubio? And I know what Scott Layden said today, that they're going to keep him. But if you change what you want for Rubio, and in fact, what if you were willing to just give Rubio away into somebody's cap space. If you had a point guard who was a dynamic point guard who could be better offensively, would you do that? And the answer might be yes. And if the answer is yes, then that might get interesting for the Wolves. They are, their profile of free agents has changed in the last 24 hours, and I think they should take that out for a ride. And I know why they say they want Rubio, but they've got to get more upgraded shooting on their perimeter. And the point guard position is where you get it because you're not going to bring – I mean – Look, if J.J. Reddick's willing to come, I'd sign him. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to get him on the court unless, you know, unless he plays point guard. So um, I would probably be watching what they do with that point guard spot. I would agree. This might sound nuts, but what about Kyle Lowry? Do you think Kyle Lowry would consider Minnesota? Well, his, his market has dried up. Um, mm-hmm. I, like, I, I saw a report couple days ago that he wasn't considering the Raptors at all and I just thought there's no way that's true because he doesn't have any other he doesn't have that many other options I mean once um, once it because you know once Philadelphia came off the board I think it really changed the profile of what his market was and so um, if I were him I would seriously wonder where I was going to be you know be compensated now I don't know if the Wolves want to go to a four-year, hundred-some-million-dollar contract, because I think that's what he's looking for. But certainly, you'd have to think 
that that was that would be an option that they would that they would look at if they wanted to change their point guard position. Um, if you brought in Lowry and, and Jimmy Butler and added them to the other players on this team, and we're talking about a really significant challenger. Not not I don't know if I would say they're a serious contender, but they they would really have upgraded their situation. I wouldn't be shocked if they go after Lowry. Whether he'd come here, I don't know. What about Drew Holiday? Is he looking for the four-year max? Would he make some sense? I'm sure he is. Uh, you know, the, the one thing is with this point guard market, the question that exists out there is, is there a four-year, is there somebody who's going to get the four-year max? Is there a $30 million offer out there for any point guard? I've talked with some um, some agents about this, and, and you know, the answer is we'll see. Now, on New Orleans and Drew Holiday, that's an interesting player. He's a more interesting player to give a four-year contract to than Kyle Lowry because he's younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that um, based on what I've been told, I think the I think the, um, the Pelicans are, are willing to spend money. I, I, I would think they're going to make him a very compelling offer. It may not be for the max, but I think the Pelicans are prepared to go to the wall for Drew Holiday. And so I don't know how that would impact uh, what the Bulls would do, but certainly uh, he's a guy that you'd have to be on the board for. If you had to bet, Brian, do you think Ricky Rubio does get moved? I mean, they've been trying to move him for a year. Exactly. I know that they can keep denying that they that they're not, and i I respect I respect you know what what they say, but um, he's not a. It's not even an insult to him. With where they are as a team right now, he doesn't help them very much, and I just think that's the truth. And he's been their point guard for a long time, and now his contract, which looked kind of rough when they signed it, is now what I would consider a a good contract, a very movable contract, and. One of the reasons he hasn't been traded, frankly, is because, um, you know, the, the, the price the, the price has been high. They've had certain, they've had, um, uh, you know, standards that they wanted to get him, and I just think that standard profile may change now that um, now that they've got Jimmy Butler. Who are teams to maybe watch? I mean, do you think New York, Milwaukee, Utah potentially? Well, you know, Utah. We don't know what's happening with George Hill, but if George Hill leaves no uh utah has has spare parts um the other thing would be would dallas be interested you know even though they got dennis smith is he their is he their starter um with where rubio is in his contract that might be interesting to them um, but it also would depend on what the wolves motivation is again if the wolves the only reason the wolves would want to trade rubio is if they um if they had a free agent they wanted to sign. So how much money would they need? Would they need to just totally move off his contract, or could they take money back? These are all things that we don't know yet. I mean, how does that process work? I mean, is it all behind the scenes? Is there even some tampering that goes on where the Wolves next week would have a good idea, okay, we can land Drew Holiday or Kyle Lowry. Let's go ahead and line up a Rubio trade. Well, tampering is rampant in the NBA. It goes on, you know, pretty much unchecked and unfettered. Um, but see, any any plans that the Wolves would have had would have changed dramatically. Like I, I can almost guarantee you, they're taking their entire off-season plan and shoving it into the trash this morning. Correct. And starting over. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just you know that's sort of the that's sort of the way it goes, uh, and it's a good problem to have. But it's also uh, one of those things where um, it's hard to predict because they probably haven't thought it fully out themselves. Restricted free agent Shabazz Muhammad. You think he's back in Minnesota? You know, I don't know what that market's going to be. I mean, um, so, like, there, there, there's a couple of players out there. Like, you look at Tony Snell. You look at 
um, uh, the guy in, uh, why am I having a brain fart, uh, Roberson in, uh, in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. You look at Shabazz. I mean, where is their market? I mean, these are guys who a year ago would have probably gotten 15 to 18 million. I don't think that's the case this year. I mean, you also got uh, uh, J.J. Redick and uh, Kyle Korver out there. Um, you know, where does Shabazz rank on that on that chart? Does he come in lower than those guys? Does he come in at the same? I mean, it, you know, it's kind of hard to figure out. Um, he's going to kind of be in another region. Um, so I don't know. I mean, the fact that he's restricted gives the Wolves, um, you know, the driver's seat. But also, he's one of these guys who is restricted – Slash gettable, because the wolves may have bigger uh, fish to fry, and because they may end up having to spend some other some time uh, looking at those fish, and because um, you know you've got a situation where they may have to, you know, uh, the moratorium this year has been shrunken, so it's not one of these things where the restricted free agents have to wait uh, ten days. You know, they're going to find out relatively quickly what their market is. Um, you know, you may be able to come in and snatch Shabazz while the while the Wolves are are focusing their their issues elsewhere. And if that's the case, maybe he draws more attention. So um, the other guy um, who fits in that boat is Contavious Caldwell Pope. Um, you know, these guys are all going to be in demand. There's, but there's probably more um, uh, players than there are seats at the table. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets targeted by somebody who thinks they can come in and snatch him because the, the Wolves want to devote their cap space elsewhere. Leave you with this. I mean, how crazy do you think the next couple of weeks will be? I mean, are we talking still more trades to be had? You know, whether it's a Gordon Hayward, a Blake Griffin, a Paul Millsap, a Kyle Lowry, some of these big-name free agents changing teams? Right. So we've got Paul George still out there. And him, yeah. Um, yeah, what happens with Paul George? That's, that's one question. Um, also, I think things get interesting. What happens if Russell Westbrook doesn't immediately sign the extension with the Thunder? Uh, what is the what is the result if that happens? That to me is something that's going to be interesting. And then you're going to have, um, you know, you're going to see what happens with the Clippers guys and obviously Gordon Hayward. Um, but the Wolves are a new entrant in the market now. Their their profile has changed. It'll be interesting to test drive this um, to see just how attractive their roster is they really have not been in this position maybe ever Darren what do you think I mean I don't know if they've ever been in a position where they've been in it where they've had cap space and been in an attractive market so this is going to be a test drive we really just don't know exactly uh, how this is going to play out I mean with the cap space maybe never I mean you know when they had Spree and Cassell and Garnett coming off the Western Conference Finals run you know, that was a team that was that was on the rise. You know, I mean, if they don't suffer some injuries there, maybe they beat the Lakers, maybe they end up in the NBA Finals. But but with this cap space, I think you're right. I still wonder, though, Brian, do you think free agents are reluctant to play for Tom Thibodeau? I that's can't escape a question. that. question. We don't know, you know. That's that's why it's, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. But I will say this. Um, the... You know, there's two types of teams in this league right now, teams that are running away from the Warriors and teams that are running towards them. And if you want to be a veteran, you know, you kind of want to, you know, you want to, you know, obviously you want to, you want the money, but you kind of want to be a competitor. You know, you want to run, run towards the Warriors, I would think, Um, you know. And so to me, even though the Wolves are a long way away right now, they're, they're running towards them. And, 
not that that's brave. That's just where they are on the timeline. And so, um, you know, I wonder how much of a factor that will play. Um, you know, so we'll see. And I suppose money talks ultimately, right? Like if they find a Rubio trade, they create that cap space. They've got all this cap space. Somebody wants to take their money. Yeah, and they have to use their cap space too. They're exactly. not in a position where they can say, let's, let's say that. They, they have to use it. So I'm sorry. So um, that's, that's also, I think, going to be a motivating factor. And um, the one thing I will point out in all this euphoria, now there was a reason why the Bulls felt the need to, 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 to put Jimmy Butler on the market. And that was because they knew that they were a year away from having a Paul George-esque crisis. Um, now, maybe uh, the newness of uh, what's going on with the Wolves and everything will supersede that. But they have inherited the problem that the Bulls had, which is that Jimmy Butler has two years left on his contract and uh, it will be unrestricted free agent and they're not going to have the advantage that the Bulls did of being able to offer him $70 million more than anybody else. So as exciting as everybody is and everything, um, at some point there's going to be a reality here that they are on the clock. And um, that is something that also is worth uh, paying attention to as, uh, as they evaluate what their future is. Brian, thank you so much. Safe travels. We're grateful your iPhone is good to go. (laughs) Thank you very much. All right, Brian, I'll be in touch. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Always enjoy talking to ESPN's Brian Windhorst. You know what? I've been doing really long podcasts. I was going to track down Sam Mitchell looking for varying opinions on the Butler-Levine trade. I mean, Sam is a Zach Levine, you know, monster fan. I mean, he is through the roof in his love for Zach Levine. So I know he likes this trade for Chicago. I think he likes it for the Wolves, too, to a degree, but I know he likes it for Chicago. But let's do this. We will do Sam next week or the week after. The Jimmy Butler introductory news conference won't be until late next week, so maybe early next week I'll do Bernie Lee, Jimmy Butler's agent. We were texting last night. He's been busy today. I want to get out of the office. I'm taping this at 4.50 on Friday afternoon, the 23rd of June. So I think what I'll do is I will call this a podcast right now. I'll save some Twins notes, some Vikings notes, some other notes that I have. I will save those for Scoop Podcast episode 82 early next week. The week of, I guess it would be, what, June 26th. I will do episode 82 the week of June 26th. More love quickly for Vine Park Brewery, vinepark.com, right off of West 7th Street in St. Paul. On Twitter, at Vine underscore Park underscore brew we know the twin cities is becoming a craft beer haven but why don't you see how your brewing chops stack up by swinging into vine park brewing the only brewery in the midwest where you can brew your own beer and make your own wine they have brew party nights all summer long coming up june 27th hopalicious july 11th summer mix july 18th british mix july 25th german mix Reserve online a spot or call 651-228-1355. If you're a fan of the Scoop Podcast, support the sponsor, Vine Park Brewery in downtown St. Paul, vinepark.com. That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 81. Hopefully you were entertained. I hope you were if you're an NBA fan. If you're a Wolves fan, I will be back early next week.